All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So each week we take a listener question about a topic that they were interested in and interested enough to where they went to our website techgumbo.net and sent us a question. This week the question is, I keep hearing about the metaverse, but I'm not sure what it is. Can you explain it to me? And this is a great question. We talked a little bit about the concept of metaverse back in that November timeframe, whenever Facebook was rebranding. But it's been a little while since we talked about it. And so we wanted to, to do a deeper dive here. Yes, we're going to go very deep here. So I hope you're interested in a, in a metaverse conversation. The first thing we want to talk about, let's talk about the characteristics of exactly what metaverse is. The first characteristic is that it's always active. It is not something that turns off or it's something that ends, but the idea is that it is persistent. And then the next one is that it exists in real time. So that's one second in the real world is roughly one second in the metaverse. Each player has individual agency. Everyone is out there doing their own thing. And it's self-contained and it's a fully functioning universe. A lot of the ideas here are that it is its own world with all the things that come with that. This can be a mix of very different platforms. You don't always see this, but there's some people who are suggesting that you'd be able to take items from one and bring them to another. This is hopefully a goal of this cooperability and interoperability, but it's we haven't seen it specifically yet. And this is user-generated content. That's another big one, is that it is not just something that the maker creates and, and puts out there, but it's a, all of the users are creating and they are making and that they are interacting with it so that other users can go out and, and experience and enjoy and make their own. Okay, so that's kind of what the characteristics of Metaverse. So if you've seen the video of Mark Zuckerberg's Metaverse experience where he his avatar floating around these avatars don't have legs in the metaverse just the torso up and he's out at the beach and there's water lapping up on the shore and it's a beautiful sunny day and palm trees and he's talking with other folks and they're having a great conversation and then he snaps his fingers and he's in the spaceship and then he's hanging out in the spaceship with his friends and then he snaps his fingers again and then he's at the nightclub and so the idea is that all of these spaces still are going on. He's, he's talking to people at each of the different ones, but whenever he leaves, those people are still there, still hanging out. 
And it's kind of like walking down Main Street when you see somebody, you see a friend standing on the corner of First and Main, you go over and you talk to your friend and your friend stays there and you keep walking. Well, it's that same world in the metaverse. You walk by and you see somebody else that you knew or you meet somebody else. You just say hi to them and you start carrying on a conversation. You keep walking. They stay there until somebody else comes walking by and they have, have this conversation with them. So it's a virtual reality world. And one of the, another line that I saw an article somewhere was that a game is something that you play. A metaverse is something that you exist in. And it really is about a space where you just go and you are and you hang out there. And it's it's a much more like going and sitting in a park as to going to playing a game, basically. So to get to this metaverse, you're going to need either virtual reality or augmented reality goggles. This is not something you're going to do on the flat screen of your computer. And so there are five companies who are really trying to, to pave the way to, to build this virtual reality technology. You got Google, Microsoft, Apple, Valve, and Magic Leap are the five big companies. These are the ones that are the farthest ahead with the virtual reality, augmented reality, or VR or AR, if you will. Everybody probably remembers the Google Glass from five or six years back that came out and flopped real fast because it was not just, it was not ready yet. Right. And you've probably seen Microsoft's HoloLens, which has been around for quite some time, since 2015. And Microsoft has actually built a business purpose for those, and they are used in industry all over the place. That's one of the things that Microsoft, true to form, has a business application. This is not just some boondoggle technology to them. They are using this for companies to solve a specific purpose and to have a specific need because they're making that recurring revenue. And so th this that is just the absolute Microsoft brand there. And Apple's also rumored to have some AR glasses coming out that's going to work in association with the iPhone. We'll see how that plays out. But each company has a, their own unique strategy, their own way that they want to use the AR and VR goggles to get to the metaverse. And so each one is trying something a little different. Microsoft has actually had conversations wherever it centers around teams. That's fascinating to where if you're going to have the teams meeting in a metaverse environment, okay, hey, that's kind of interesting. But again, you're going to have to have the Microsoft HoloLens to be able to get there. And oh, by the way, those HoloLens cost about $3,500 a piece right now. Yeah, the technology is definitely not consumer grade. It is definitely still business grade. It's also important to, to point out that it's not just Facebook and Meta who own the metaverse. Everyone is going to have their own version of the metaverse, much like everyone has their own web page on the internet. Each one will have their own thing and you go visit each of them, and there will be some degree of crossover between them. So if you go back and think the Minecraft game that you and you as a kid would play where you're building things with the, the Minecraft stuff, the difference about Minecraft versus where the metaverse is going is, number one, it was just on a video. It was a flat screen. It was not 
3D or using virtual reality. But also when you logged off, that was the end of your game. I mean, no, unless you invited somebody else into your game, nobody else could just walk in and out. And it wasn't the whole world saw everything you built. Right. It was mostly a self-contained system that, that was isolated. You had your own island. And that's very much the difference here is that it is one gigantic Googleverse that everyone walks in and out of. The fascinating thing, so as you've got all these different companies that are going to be building their different metaverse platforms, the one thing that's really, really going to do is open up an amazing place to do business. Oh, absolutely. The marketing is is going to be a huge portion of this, as well as just generally people who are creating digital goods, who are selling digital goods. You're, you're going to have, you know, all of the things that you would need inside of a, a digital metaverse are going to be created there and sold there. You're, it's going to be a whole new class of objects that will need to be consumed and will need to be created and sold and bought. Let's say you're Coca-Cola and you want to put a virtual vending machine with the Coca-Cola logo on the front right out there on the Metaverse's corner of First and Main Street in downtown virtual reality world. And I go walking by, I'm going to see that Coca-Cola sign. I'm going to see that vending machine. I can walk over. I will be able to buy a virtual Coke if I really want to and walk around with a can of Coca-Cola in my hand. And it's also interesting that Maybe it knows that you prefer Diet Coke and it knows that I prefer Coke Zero. And so you're going to see the ad for Diet Coke and I'm going to see the ad for Coke Zero because it'll know which one of us is looking at it. And so it'll, if you think the ads are targeted right now, wait until your entire experience is virtual. It's not just you scrolling through the timeline anymore. It is now you are existing in this entire space there's a lot of money that's being dumped into these things ahead of time. These companies are going to want to make their money back. Advertising is the business model right now. And there's no reason to think that these futuristic worlds won't just be laden with advertisement. And laden with advertising and in-game purchases or virtual purchases environments. So like, if you want your avatar to have a Louis Vuitton purse and a polo shirt or something like that, you're going to be able to buy those things for your avatar so that other people can see that. And, and that's not new. That's certainly the in-game purchase thing has been around for quite some time. But the unique specific of having companies push their product into the metaverse, that's new. We see that in Roblox right now. And this is at the forefront of what's happening that you're seeing these big brands partner with these digital realities and we can only predict that this is going to keep expanding it's not without some problems however we talked about it last november when the first one were rolling out how people were already attacking and sexually assaulting other people well that has just gotten worse in the past six months the numbers that are being reported in the U.S. and in Canada are increasing. Now, Facebook has tried something. They are putting in a safety measure that they call personal space in which no one is allowed within four feet of another avatar. But that is no one is allowed within four feet, which means you can't high five, you can't hug, you can't 
do anything. We're throwing out anything that could possibly be good because of how bad this thing is, which makes me believe that we really need to redesign the whole system. But it also is not going to stop the verbal abuse. There was one a female reporter. She was in one of the virtual rooms in Horizon World or something like that with a couple of the male avatars. And they almost within 60 seconds were verbally and sexually harassing her. They were groping at her. Even from a distance, they were groping. And it was it really creeped her out. And she quickly left the room. But it it just took 60 seconds for this woman to find out how bad this thing can be. There are so many protections needed. And as, as we mentioned, this is wide open. This is so new. There's so many different possibilities, the directions this could go. But these companies like Meta and like Twitter and like YouTube really need to be at the proactive on these things and not reactive on these things. And it's difficult given their record on how Facebook has responded to things, how Instagram has responded to things, how Twitter has responded to things, to think that they're not going to just end up in the same cycles wherever 10 years later there's a government report that says, here's all the things we learned about the terrible things that were going on. Someone should do something about this. Make no mistake, this is a big thing. I mean, the United Nations is even, they're having discussions at the World Economic Forum about the metaverse and what crimes are going to be in the metaverse on the UN level and what's going to be right and what's going to be wrong. And man, when you got the UN already trying to get ahead of this, this thing can go so wrong so quickly. It can go right in a lot of ways too. That's the thing is that we can get pessimistic sometimes. We can look around and point out a lot of the major flaws that we see, but it's also important to still retain some optimism that there can be hope. There can be good things that come out of this that we have to imagine them, though. We have to think about what are the ways in which this looks like if it is successful, if it is if it is a good thing that contributes to society. And then we have to take steps in that direction. And that is just one of the difficulties is that that is a difficult task. It's it's much harder to think about what does this look like when it's good as opposed to these are all the things that I see that are bad. It's so easy to think of the bad things. Again, we're, we're further isolating each other. We're not going out and interacting with humans in an actual real environment. You're talking with people across the Internet that you can't see, you can't touch. You don't know if they're really real. There may be bots that are created and you may think you're talking to somebody and it's just another bot. And to me, there's so many more opportunities to go wrong than go right. And I, I'm very concerned by the whole thing. Oh, absolutely. Your point about interacting with bots. If you think that all these companies are doing natural language processing, if you think that they're doing natural behavior studies, those are, that research and development they're going to expect a payoff for that at some point in time. And so, you know, you walk up to someone and, you you know, at a, at a virtual bar, and you're having a nice conversation. And they say, man, like, I would really like a shot of this brand name tequila. And all of a sudden you realize that it was a 30 minute conversation that was actually just set up to an ad. It was a bot. And so they didn't have to pay anyone to do anything. They have a bunch of these running all over. And so all of a sudden you're like, wow, that kind of cheapens this whole experience. I was actually having a nice time. But it was an ad. We saw an article about the guy who created Second Life. So if you remember back from the early 2000s, that virtual world where 
you created a character and I, I didn't ever get into it. I, I, I looked at the website, but I didn't ever go into it. You know, this guy's kind of concerned. He's like, you know, it was one thing to be 2D the way we were doing it, but to be 3D? He has a lot of perspective on this because Second Life was a metaverse and it is a metaverse. It, it still exists to this day. As you said, it never really got to the the level to warrant a major response. It was it was viewed kind of as a novelty, but it had all the features that we talk about with defining a metaverse, user-generated content, persistent, real-time, all those types of things. And so also because he's made his money and isn't trying to be in the spotlight, the person who was doing the interview with him said, I take his criticism seriously. I, you know, I'm convinced he's not seeking publicity. It really is just frightening. He's wanting to have some some content moderation because he's very concerned where this can go. It, the user created content that can get out of control very quickly. The user content that can be so overwhelming with ads that people are just going to just get sick of it and say, I'm out of here. No, I'm done. Those are those are real concerns. Uh, another concern is the way that uh, NFTs and blockchain have become part of this metaverse experience. He is very skeptical about what role NFTs will play in, in general as a concept in a technology in and of themselves, but then also how do you fold them into the metaverse and I think that both of those are valid criticisms that we have beat on that horse enough times on this show that there's a lot of problems and we're only seeing more problems float around. It's yet to become something that is convincing and that is a real valuable technology, but there are people profiting off of it. And that if the metaverse just becomes another place wherever you have people who don't understand what's happening, who are exploited by people who do, then we will, we lost the promise of this future reality. This guy is trying not to go flying off the handle and just you know, screaming the apocalypse is happening, but he's kind of being real about it to say this, this can get bad if it doesn't, if it's not done right. And he's hoping that the people who create the different metaverse platforms take the time, build some structure into it, and and then don't let this thing get out of hand. Yeah. But one thing that's really important is the idea of using literature and using people who have thought a lot about this. The, the Matrix was not an instruction manual. The Matrix was the warning. That's a great line. I mean, when you think, okay, how many people have seen the movie The Matrix or the all the series now of movies? And you everybody kind of went, Yeah, that was that was virtual reality, right? And this is gonna be the matrix. If we're not careful. We'll we'll keep an eye out. We're gonna report back from time to time on the development of, of all the different metaverses. But thank you for that question. We'll be sending out that coffee mug this week. And thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. 
General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show, or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net, or send us a text, 225-255-0431. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.